You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast. This episode presented by Life Groups Minister, Del Matthews. Our reading today is from Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned from Hephaestus, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Well, we're emerging from what they tell us is the world's longest lockdown, and it's starting to feel good, isn't it? Actually, we haven't been completely locked in, have we? We've had our five or six reasons that we're allowed to leave home for, and we haven't been totally isolated either. We've had a number of different social media platforms that we're able to use to connect with each other. So it hasn't been too bad. And as I've been out and about, you know, getting my daily exercise or down the shops, I've you run into people and that's been really good. Uh, and I've noticed a bit of a pattern in the conversations that we have when we get together. Uh, we start out by talking about, well, so how are you coping in, in lockdown? And, you know, how's it working at, from home or homeschooling the kids or whatever that is? How's the family doing? And then we start to talk about, you know, the pandemic restrictions and, you know, how things are going and and what our opinion is of the current restrictions and plan ahead. But somewhere along the line, someone will say, but really, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Well, it's actually thankfulness that we're going to focus on today. That's our theme for the next few Sundays as we lead up into Thanksgiving Sunday. Now, a number of scientists have been beavering away. The health professionals, of course, have been extremely busy. The immunologists have been uh, creating a vaccine for us, and we thank them for that. And the epidemiologists have been crunching the numbers daily, and that's been helpful too. 
Behind the scenes, the psychologists have been quite concerned about our mental health, and they've been doing some research as well. A study last year, in our lockdowns last year, found that thankfulness or gratitude was the one factor that would predict a higher level of well-being at the end of lockdown. So being thankful was a positive thing and helped in a positive attitude overall throughout lockdown. Psychologists like to talk a lot about gratitude and the practice of gratitude. Um, what do they mean by that? Well, it's not just you know saying thanks after somebody gives you something or, or something happens, that kind of automatic response we have. It's, it's a positive emotional response when we receive something or perhaps when we experience something, um, ex receive something from someone else. Perhaps it wasn't expected or perhaps it wasn't even deserved, but it's that good feeling we have. Psychologists recommend that we count our blessings, count your blessings. Uh, at the end of the day or throughout the day, you know, think about at least one thing that you could call a blessing that you felt good about, and that will help your overall attitude and your well-being. The focus is very much on self, how, how, I, how I feel about things and what was good for me. Well, the Bible also talks a lot about thankfulness and gratitude and urges us over and over to, to give thanks. So what's the difference between the Bible, the Bible talks about when it talks about urges us to be thankful and what psychologists talk about when they tell us to count your blessings? Well, I think our passage today helps us a little bit in that. The book of Colossians or the letter of Colossians was written by Paul. Now, Paul was writing, he was locked down. He was in lockdown when he wrote this. Actually, he was locked in. He was locked in a prison in Ephesus when he wrote this letter. He'd not actually had a chance to meet the Colossians um, being locked in, but he'd heard a lot about them. And that triggered him to use the social media platform of the day to write a letter to the Colossians. And I think we can learn two things from the way Paul gives thanks for the Colossians. First of all, Paul gives thanks to God our Father. Now, that line, count your blessings, that may sound familiar to some of you. It comes from an old American hymn. It was written for American Thanksgiving. And some of you will know the hymn. I'm not going to sing it for you, but here, the, here are the words. It goes, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. So Christian recognises that good things come from God. And we recognise that God has been at work. He's done something. Uh, we acknowledge that the good things that we receive or we experience are a gift from God. Um, they're not earned necessarily. They're something that are given by God. And that's what the Bible calls grace. Um, the focus is on God, not as the giver, not on us and how good we feel and our own well-being or what we want. Um, this, the focus is very much on God, the giver. Now, I lived for a couple of years in um, the highlands of West Papua among the Yale people. And the Yale language does not have a word for thanks. You can't just say, oh, thank you. So how do you say thanks if you want to express your gratitude or your appreciation for someone? Well, the best way to do that for another adult is to say, oh, you're my mother, you're my father. 
And that has a couple of benefits. Obviously, it, it expresses how much you appreciate the person and what they've done. But it also says something about the relationship. It draws you closer to that person. You're saying, no, my relationship with you is a little bit different. It's a bit closer than it is with other people. It's special. And that's what we do when we pray to God, our Father. We're really saying, no, we're, this is a special relationship and we really appreciate um, that closeness of relationship we have with each other. So we pray and give thanks to God, our Father. But the second thing that I notice that Paul does is he kind of reorders the, thank, the list of things to be thankful for. It's really important and it's a good thing to give thanks for the things that we, we have in our life, um, the good things we have and the good experiences we have. But Paul has something else top of the list. Paul gives, first of all, thanks for God's work of grace in the lives of the Colossians. So he focuses on the three Christian virtues, faith, um, love and hope. He starts out with faith. So he gives thanks for the Colossians' faith in Christ Jesus. Now, faith is about accepting the forgiveness that Christ has, for all, has given us for all our sins. You know, the sins, the things that keep us separated from God. It's about reaching out to God's gift of forgiveness and it's about reaching out to his offer to bring us into his kingdom of light and love from a place of darkness. Now, during lockdown, I also heard a story of an, um, God's work of grace in the life of other, another Christian. I heard about a young man who'd done some time in one of Victoria's correctional facilities. Um, during the time that he was a prisoner, he came to know the Lord and came to faith in Christ. Uh, he's been released now. Now, the first year of release is the hardest for a prisoner. That's the time they're most likely to be tempted to re-offend. But when he'd reached the anniversary of one year out of release, this man had been also, he'd found work, he'd been attending a church, and he sent a text message to Prison Fellowship, you know, one of our mission partners, and all it said was, freedom at last. Now, that's a good news faith story that's worth giving thanks to God our Father for. Well, genuine faith produces fruit. It produces a changed life, a transformed life that includes loving, loving one another just as Christ loved us. It's not just about good feelings that we have for each other and it's not just about doing good things for the people that we have a natural affinity for. It's about a changed life with everyone that we meet. I heard another story while I was in lockdown. Uh, it's been 60 years since Wycliffe Bible Translators has been working amongst the Indigenous people of Australia. And they, I participated in the celebration of that event and heard this story. Up in uh, Queensland amongst the Wikmunkan people, there was a Bible translator from Wycliffe working alongside a Wikmunkan Bible translator they're working on the book of James, chapter 4. And if you look up the first few verses there, James is urging um, his readers to stop arguing with each other, stop fighting with each other as Christians. Now, the Wikmunkan translator, Topsy, her response was immediately, oh my goodness, God knows us, doesn't he? Well, she went home and, and the next morning, as she was on her way to back to the translation desk, 
Um, the, Wy the Wycliffe translator heard a big commotion outside her house and she heard Topsy's name being used in this commotion. So she raced out to find out what was going on. Well, what it turned out, on her way to the translation desk, somebody had abused Topsy and been quite nasty to her, but she didn't fight back. She didn't retaliate. And that's when the commotion started because everybody started calling out, what's wrong with you, Topsy? Are you all right? Are you okay? Are you sick? Have you had a stroke? What's, what's wrong? See, Topsy's faith and having James chapter 4 ringing in her ears chained, transformed her life and gave her the love for somebody who had abused her. That's love worth giving thanks to God our Father for. Well, faith and love spring from hope. Now, faith is not just a religious experience for this earthly life. Um, it's a sure hope that God will fulfill what he started with us here um, into eternity. And the message that we hear here, or the gospel that we hear here, here now, is just a foretaste of what is stored up for us as a believer. It's, it's kind of like the inheritance waiting for us beyond this earthly life. Now, we've all experienced so many cancellations after the last, over the last two years, and we, we're a little bit nervous about you know, making plans and expecting things, um, particularly you know, announcements that are made. We don't know whether to believe them or not. But this hope is completely different, completely opposite. We can absolutely be sure that the inheritance that God has for us is, is, is not going to be cancelled. It's not going to be um, disappearing. It, we can be totally sure of it. So Christian thankfulness is, first of all, directed to God our Father. And Christian thankfulness gives thanks, first of all, for his work of grace in our lives before, before we give thanks for other good things in our lives. Now, Paul talks about faith, uh, love and hope. And then he goes on to, he gives thanks for those things in the lives of the Colossians. Then he goes on to pray that they would continue in more of the same. He prays particularly that they would have knowledge of God's will and spiritual wisdom. You see, the, one of the fruits of knowing God's will and spiritual wisdom is, going, is thanksgiving again. So he knows that there's going to be a spiral maturing of these Christians as they give thanks, as they move on, and he prays for their spiritual growth in the same, that God continue the work in their lives, that will result in joyful thankfulness again. And it spirals as we mature as Christians. We grow closer to God in our relationship to him as we give thanks to God and pray for his ongoing work in our lives. And as we become more and more like Christ, we're more likely to see the blessings of our lives from his perspective, not our own. Well, how often should we give thanks? Well, Paul gives us a bit of a clue if we follow his example. Paul gave thanks whenever he prayed, before he launched into asking something from God. Now, being a good Jew, Paul would have prayed every day. So he was praying and giving thanks every day. As we pray for each other, let's give thanks for each other before we launch uh, into praying our requests or praying for a particular need. 
Give thanks for the way God has been working in the lives of your friends and family and pray for their spiritual growth as well as for the physical needs and and, um, health needs that we have. Give thanks for his work in in your own life. Um, The way I do that when I have my Bible reading, I use that as a kind of a guide to praise God for who he is but also to give thanks for the work that he's been doing in my life. So the passage that we've had today, I'd be giving thanks for God's forgiveness and his love for me. I'd give thanks that he's brought me into his kingdom of light from a place of darkness. Then at the end of the day, I do count my blessings, um, but I don't just name them, um, not just naming the one by one. I pray, I pray a prayer of thanks I usually write that out, but not always. So I pray my blessings and pray my thanks to God for the blessings of the day. And then, you know, the days I'm having a downer and I'm having a hard time thinking of good things or the blessings of the day, I ask God to help me to think, to see where he's been at work and to see my day from his perspective. So in conclusion, I'd like to encourage you to count your blessings uh, whenever you pray Give thanks to God the Father um, who loves us and give thanks that we qualify for a heavenly heavenly inheritance, um, that we have that to look forward to, the hope we have. Give thanks too that we've been delivered from our sin that separates us from God and give thanks too for the faith that you see in your friends and family around you. Give thanks too for the love that God had enough to send Christ so that we could be forgiven. Give thanks too for the love you see in friends and family around you. Now I thought it'd be good if we did did give thanks together and we're going to pray a prayer that um, comes from our prayer book, a prayer of thanksgiving. Let's pray together. Almighty God, merciful Father, we give you hearty thanks. For all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. We bless you for our creation and preservation and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give give us such a sense of all your mercies that our hearts may be truly thankful and that we may praise you not only with our lips but in our lives, serving you in holiness and righteousness all our days through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honour and glory for now and forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.